Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It is time for our weekly visit with the skipper of the Texas Rangers, Chris Woodward. How are you doing today, Woody? I'm doing all right. How are you guys? Hey, we're great. Thanks for uh, taking the time to join us. We, we certainly appreciate it. And, uh, you know, if it seems like every time we interview you, we ask you about Michael Young, well, it's because you guys have an old-school friendship, and we are Michael Young fanboys, and there's a major thing coming up this weekend is his number is going to be retired. Uh, what do you think this means to, to your your old-school buddy there, Michael Young, to have his number retired? Um, I, you know, I was, I was asking him before because I knew he was obviously in our Hall of Fame. Um, I remember asking him when I first got the job, like, why is there not a number 10 up there? Mm-hmm. Um, up on the up on the uh, on the wall out there, uh, he goes. I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, but he obviously it's well deserved. Um, he's he's one of the best uh, you know Ranger players to ever put the uniform on. So um, I'm excited to see see how it goes this weekend and uh, and be a part of it. To actually sit there and and actually enjoy the the, the celebration will, will actually be pretty cool for for me. Kind of growing up with them, um, I know we kind of. You know, once we started playing professionally, you know, we didn't keep in touch as much. But, uh, you know, to kind of grow up with somebody and, and see them have the success that they've had, and um, I'm really happy for them. I'm so fascinated by where you guys ended up. When y'all were kids playing baseball together, did y'all ever talk about being major leaguers? Um, yeah, I think I mean, I think it was more of a reality for him than it was for me. But, uh, you know, with, with him, I'm not, you know, this doesn't surprise me at all. And I think that's that's kind of the message I've, I've put out there. Um, I, I thought he was the best player that I've ever seen. So, it, you know, in, in, from my standpoint, it, it doesn't seem surprising one bit. Um, for him, I, I, you know, I don't know if he envisioned this kind of career or the career that he had. Um, I, I'm sure he did because he was a pretty confident guy. But um, it's, just, it's just amazing to think that, you know, when you have a kid and you're a kid and you have dreams of a ma- maybe being a major leaguer, um, or just being a professional, for that matter, um, and to see where where it's kind of taken him, and you know, to have a number retired, and, you know, you know, and being a Hall of Fame of a of a major league organization is pretty special. And we're talking about a guy that's damn near flawless in every way, and so we kind of need you. We need dirt on Michael. Do you did you know him back in like some bad outfits, bad haircuts? Did you ever know him to have a mullet or a pierced ear? Anything you can give us at all? <laughs> um, no, no, he was pretty. He was pretty straight laced, I guess. The only thing I could say was that uh, you know he was just really, really cocky. I think he was a <laughs> really, com- really, really confident guy, almost borderline, you know, arrogant when he yeah. was younger. Um, <laughs> I, you know, part of that was just because he was so much better than everybody else. But we went to we went to junior high school together, and you know, just the way he kind of walked around, and that was the first time I really kind of got to know him on a, on a, I guess, on a deeper level. Uh, I wouldn't say we were best friends, but we were you know, friends and, you know, we played basketball all the time together and you know, he was just good at everything. You know, I was fairly decent at pretty much every sport as well. So it was like, you know, we kind of, we had our moments where we'd run the basketball court together. We'd play, you know, soccer, you know, basketball, football, you know, it didn't matter really what sport it was. Um, but he was just really, really, really confident, um, that he was a really good athlete. He could beat you in pretty much anything. 
And so that was the one thing, you know, when you see him on the field in baseball, it's like, man, this guy, you know, thinks he's better than everybody, but <laughs> he is. So it's, it's kind of hard to, to get mad at him for that. I'm fascinated by that. I mean, we've talked a lot about basketball with him, and we know he's a big Laker fan, and he's kind of adopted the Mavs as well, and he's buddies with Dirk and all that. What was his junior high basketball game like? Does he get to the whole guy, nice handles, good jumper? What, what, what was his game I like? I think a little bit of everything. He was fast. I mean, he was quick. Uh, you know, he could always run. He was just, you know, you could see his, his movements were just, he was just an elite athlete at, at a younger age. And, you know, he'd kind of run circles around everybody. So we were, we were pretty good on the basketball court together because we both kind of had, you know, similar makeup. You know, we were both kind of, you know, leaner kids that were fast, that were quick, um, make a shoot. Uh, so, yeah, he, he, was good, he was a good basketball player. Yeah, you're not helping us. It no. sounds like his childhood was very much like his adult life, pretty damn near <laughs> flawless. Uh, but, wait, we kind of expected that. We're talking to Chris Woodward on the Ben and Skin Show, 105.3 The Fan, brought to you by City Credit Union and the Rangers Rewards Fan Card. Looking forward to these weekly visits. And, man, got to dive into a, a more difficult topic here, and, and I want to talk about Rugi and what we try to do on the outside looking in is we're, tr- we're trying to figure out, obviously, when a player's struggling, it, it's tough on him and it's, it's tough for everybody, but – Rugi's had some highs and lows. What we're trying to figure out is, okay, is he struggling doing what you guys are asking him to do? Or at some point does a player, when they're struggling, say, man, I just got to go back to me and how I got here? And if that's count, you know, counterintuitive to kind of what you're teaching, we're, we're trying to figure out where we are with all that. So where is Rugi in terms of not results, but in terms of his approach and what you want him to do with his approach? Um, that's a, that's a tough, I mean, that is a pretty deep question because, you know, we don't ever want to make a guy do something he's uncomfortable with as far as taking away from what, what we both feel mutually, you know, the player and, and the staff member, like, feel like is his biggest asset or his strength. So, um, you know, I think early on, you know, we allowed, you know, the, the players to kind of come to the staff, um, and, you know, we provided obviously a lot of truth and a lot of, understanding of what we saw and obviously the hitting coaches, what they saw and how they could, you know, help them. Um, but in Ruggie's case, you know, we let him kind of, I wouldn't say do it his way, but, you know, it was more of, you know, what he felt was good. And, you know, they kind of worked alongside that. And when the, you know, the results weren't happening, obviously we, you know, our, our hitting guys kind of addressed it a little bit, a little bit more to say, okay, well, we need to come up with some solutions here. And, you know, to be honest with you, it may be he, – he's doing really well as far as, you know, doing what our hitting coaches want him to do. He looked better yesterday. Um, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's small incremental gains at this point, and I would like to see more, but I understand how hard it is to hit in the major leagues. So, you know, if we're asking him to make a, a little bit more of a wholesale change, like that's going to take some time. Um, and what I saw yesterday was better. You know, his back quality has been better. He's just still he's still missing pitches that he feels like he should hit and we feel like he should hit. So he's been a lot more open to a lot of different ideas and things. I think honestly, some of it may have to happen, unfortunately, in the off season to make an actual you know change, significant change that could lead to you know more consistency. Um, so it is a deeper question, but you know I'm proud of him. He's you know he's dealing with the struggle. You know, as, as well as a player can, um, he knows that we want more. He wants more himself, um, and he's getting a little bit frustrated. So we're trying to keep him, you know, keep him afloat. You know, obviously from a confidence standpoint, to to not let it just spiral straight down. But um, we do need to see more results, and, and he knows that. 
You said something in in there, Woody, that I was curious about is in looking at the bigger picture with him at the plate, is it a bigger concern or maybe the word is issue him missing pitches he should hit or swinging at pitches he shouldn't swing at? Um, right now, it, early in the, earlier in the year, I felt like it was he was more swinging at pitches he couldn't hit. Um, so we needed him to stay in the strike zone. And that's something that we talked about a lot with, our, with, with all of our hitters. It's the hardest thing to do in baseball is, is to get your your A swing off on a strike and then take the balls. Like usually there's a little bit of overlap there. So to hit the strikes, you know, you kind of had to sell out to swing the bat. Um, and he's done a better job of staying in the strike zone. So now it's, it is a matter of him actually missing pitches that I feel like he could hit or he should hit. Um, and he knows that. That's why he's getting frustrated. Um, I think before when you swing out of the strike zone and you know you can't hit a certain pitch, there's really no evaluation of a swing or your swing at that point because you can't hit that pitch. Nobody can, usually if it's, you know, and he tended to chase the high fastballs. So he's very aware of, of his of his issues, but now he's actually swinging at good pitches and not hitting them. Um, yesterday he had, he had a couple, you know, he hit a line drive. That was unfortunately probably the probably the reason why we didn't win the game because it was, he was unlucky um, when he lined out. But um, his swings are been, have been better at strikes, but now we need to we need to work on the end zone um, mechanical adjustments that can allow him to be more consistent with actually hitting those balls and play hard. Uh, we are talking to Chris Woodward on the Ben and Skin Show, 105.3 The Fan. Uh, let's talk about uh, some of the versatile guys you have. You have some guys with some position flex capable of playing multiple positions. I want to talk about uh, Santana and Solak re- with regard to third base. Is one of those guys advanced over the other right now, at least just in terms of manning third base? Uh, well, Santana's you know, probably a little bit ahead of him just because he's actually played there. Uh, I thought Danny did a good job last night um, with Mike on the mound. Uh, he looks pretty good over there in, in, his, in his ground ball session. Um, you know, Solak's been taking ground balls over there. I've been watching him pretty intently to see what it looks like, and um, he'll get over there at some point in the next couple of days. I'm going to put him um, at third in the game, Solak, and he just hasn't played there a whole lot. So, you know, I'm kind of asking him to do things that he hasn't really done, but he's open to it. I asked him yesterday, you know, when are you going to be ready to play third base? He goes, whenever you put me in the lineup. So <laughs> that's kind of the the mentality that he has, which is awesome. You know, I love that. He's kind of fearless about going out there, so. Um, we'll get a good look at him. Obviously, in, in September, you know, I'll get a good look at both those guys and see what it looks like. Uh, Woody, since you guys aren't "quote unquote" legitimately in the wild card race, is there an element to what's happening right now that is experimental for the future, or is there an overriding message where it still has to be about the games and what what's happening each day? Um, I, I think there's a there's definitely a, a blend, I guess. Of you know, I'm I still tell our guys out every day, like we're going with the intent to win every game. You know, we're winning every pitch of every game, and I don't care who we play. We have a tough schedule in September, which I think is a great thing for us. Some may look at it as like, well, you know, our record has a chance to suffer. Well, I think it's a fantastic thing for our guys to witness because we're playing contenders. Um, and so I want to go into all those games, you know, as if they were the most meaningful games that we've had all year. And, you know, whether we're, you know, completely out of it or, we, you know, we creep back in it, um, and we're going to play the teams that are ahead of us. And I think that's a good good thing for our guys to kind of see because those teams are going to prepare as if we are the most important team because they're fighting to get in the playoffs. They're fighting to win a division. They're fighting for the things that they're fighting for. Um, and so we're going to get the best of those teams, hopefully. And um, it's a good challenge for our guys to see where they are, where they should be, you know, in, in regards to 
the best teams in the baseball. But I think, you know, I manage every game with, with the intent to win. Now, there are some times where I want to see what a guy can do in a certain situation. So I, that kind of overrides where there's a little bit of growth and learning, you know, from, from all of our parts to see what it's capable of, um, especially with our younger starters and, and younger relievers. You know, I may put them in different situations than I would normally if, you know, we were two games up in the wild card, for example. Um, but I, I still think I put these guys in situations to, to win every game. So finally, before we let you go, I read an article by Saad Youssef in The Athletic talking about um, how you approach the media. And he was talking about it, looking at the calculations that um, you, you deal with the media over 300 times, over 300 interviews in, in a six-month span. Are you looking forward to uh, a hiatus on that and getting to the offseason to where you don't have to deal with the media all day every day? Um, you know, I, I don't mind it. I mean, some some days, obviously, you know, because it is about our team. Um, you know, and I, I try to keep it as as tight a group inside as I can um, with regards to the actual team itself. But, you know, it is part of the job, and I think it is important for people to, to kind of understand what, what we're all about um, without giving too many of our secrets away um, to, to opposing teams or, you know, that. It, but it is it is part of the job. Honestly, it's, you know, I, I don't mind spreading the message of what, what our guys are doing well and what they're working on so people know, so people can, you know, when they come to the games, they can support them and, and understand, okay, this guy's doing this, 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 you know, to, to, to win a championship. And I know that there's a lot that goes into that. Um, so if they're kind of part of that journey in creating a champion, they, they, they feel more connected to, to what we're doing and, and what our players are all about. Woody, thank you so much for the time, man. We always enjoy it. We'll talk to you next week. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. There he goes. Chris Woodward right here on the Ben and Skin Show every Wednesday, 105.3 The Fan. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.